Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Sachidananda. Nowadays there is lot of thirst to know the truth, to experience God all over the globe. Wherever you go, you see hundreds and thousands of spiritual seekers. That means there is something beautiful happening on the surface of this earth. People are really tired of the so-called material life. Not because of the material things, but because they were looking for some permanent peace, permanent happiness through material things. Many, many, many thought that they can be super happy just by amassing money. They literally worship money. Many others wanted name, fame. And of course many were looking for this happiness through various other things. Even a big car will make him happy. A big television will make them happy. A big building will make them happy. Not only an individual, even communities, nations, they were all looking for this happiness through other things. But they never found that lasting happiness. Momentarily they might have found some happiness, but until they found there was a lot of unhappiness. As soon as they found it, they were happy for a probably few minutes or few hours. But soon after, they were worried of losing it. Earlier, you were anxious of getting it. Now you got it. Now you are afraid of losing it. That seems to be the situation everywhere. Even if you don't lose it, it gets bored after some time. Take for example, in America the tallest building was in New York. For almost ten years nobody competed with them. Nobody was taller than that. So they were tired of saying 
we have the tallest building. So they wanted to renew their happiness, so they started building twin towers taller than that. I just give this as an example to show that as long as we depend on outside things for our happiness, there seems to be cheatiness. They seem to be giving temporarily a little happiness and then disappears. So there is literally a lot of frustrations, disappointments all over the globe. And more so in the material countries. Countries that are very prosperous in the material wealth. Countries like England, America, France, now they realize that true happiness can never be able to be experienced from outside things. Then they were looking for the same happiness here and there. The modern youth look for the same happiness through drugs. That's why in 60s the hippie movement stopped in America. They didn't like big homes, they ran away from their homes, they didn't even want to wear beautiful dress. They lived purposefully worn, torn out clothes in which I've seen them. They pulled off all their ties and everything. They were started wearing bells and beads and feathers to imitate the native Indians. They even went into remote areas, countryside, and living in teepees, small native tents. That was another period. Very soon they found out that even that was not giving them happiness. It is only after that they really looked for something genuine. Now you see thousands of people, well-disciplined, they know without the discipline that peace can never be achieved. They have changed their lives for better. And they are, to an extent, experiencing some peace continuously. That's what all our scriptures look within. Happiness is in you. Don't depend on anything outside. All our spiritual practices should ultimately help us to turn within, to see the God within. Even the name God <coughs> is beautifully given. I know many of you are Tamils here. What is the name for Tamil? Uh, I mean, name for 
God in Tamil, Kadavul. It says where to find Kadavul. The name itself says Kadavul. Get within. Kadavul. I think the English word also says the same thing. God means go deep. G-O. Go deep. Deep. You cannot be Though God is everywhere, has everything, not in everything, has everything, even to recognize that, first we have to recognize freedom. There is a beautiful proverb, charity begins at home. But we can say that for everything. Everything begins at home. If you want God, let it begin with Him. If you want peace, let it begin with Him. If you want judgment outside, let it begin with Him. Everything should begin with Him. Because you are the one who is going to see everything. You should have the capacity to see the things. So almost all our exercises practices, spiritual practices, help us to look How often we go in front of the temple during the worship, during the Harati service, as the camp for Harati goes round, I have seen many, many devotees who stand in front, close their eyes, raise their arms and say the Rama, Murga, Govinda, but they close their eyes. The deity is beautifully decorated. Everything is worth seeing outside, but unconsciously they close their eyes. And that is a natural way. Naturally you are helped to look within. Our own practices, whatever you call it, your japa, your tapa, your puja, all outward pujas are to help you to collect your mind from other disturbing factors. Then you slowly begin to gather the mind and allow the mind to turn with Even our, the, the order of puja itself is beautifully a person who would want to go and perform a puja, maybe a personal service at home, he has to first forget all other business activities. He comes from the business, take a shower, wear a clean dress, go into the room and then begin cleaning everything. Clean the deities, bathe them, clean the pictures, decorate them, that would take almost half hour. By the time your mind gets more absorbed into that and the outside world is forgotten. Then after doing everything, then you begin to decorate all Sangan, Kumpum, Pushpam, still more narrowing. Then after all that, you begin to say some prayers. Generally, some prayers, like our beloved 
beautiful uh, prayers we heard from those gentlemen. So, prayer is a combination of various ideas. You, you praise God and then you say that how much you need Him. It's almost like you receive a, a big businessman or whoever it is into your home, first you just praise Him a little. Oh, you are so generous. We have helped that fellow, this fellow, that fellow. We have heard of your charities everywhere. Just glorify Him a little. And then afterwards, then you slowly also have a little small appeal to make. It's exactly the same we do with God also. We just glorify Him. God, we have rescued so many devotees. We helped so many. I have a small, humble request. And then you present Afterwards, when I finish all this, then you come to Archana. See, in Archana, you are repeating only the names of God. Different mantras. 108 or 1008. There are no more appealing business. I mean, no appeals, no sentences as such. That means your thoughts are narrowing down. And then after all the archana, then you stick to one mantra, your japa mantra. Mind has more narrowed down to one mantra. You see how from outside world, how slowly you are coming to that one point and keep repeating that mantra, mantra japa. Then after the mantra japa, stay quiet, feel that japa vibration speaking. Feel what you are experiencing within. Even the repetition is stopped. It becomes a japa japa. So in a way, the entire puja is to bring you down slowly from outside world, step by step, step by step, until you can just turn within and experience that quiet, that tranquility within. And when that mind becomes that tranquil, that peaceful, you experience God because the mind itself acts as a pure mirror. Swami Vivekananda in his Raja Yoga brings this beautiful example. The mind is a lake filled with water. But if the wind blows, it's tossed. If there is no wind, it becomes still. But our mind also is like that. Our mind is filled with mind stuff we call chitta. You may even say filled with various thoughts. But there are disturbing thoughts that could disturb the mental day. That we call the wind. It's not the real windfall of our life. It's disturbing. Everything 
and excitement disturbs the mind. Don't think that only difficulties disturb the mind. How often we have had people collapsing after an exciting news. A poor fellow paid 50 cents and got a lottery. All of a sudden his friend comes after a few days and says, Hey, you won one lakh of... Huh? And that's it. He collapses. So sometimes even over joy, over excitement, can disturb the mind. That means pleasure as well as pain. Both can disturb the mind. Profit as well as loss. Both can disturb the mind. So, a mind that is not disturbed by these dualities becomes a beautiful reflecting surface to reflect your own inner self, which is God. Because by nature you are the one. Every scripture says the same thing. In the West, people who read Bible can recognize this as God made man in his own image. God made man in his own image. Our Upanishad says, Jivo Brahmaiva Na Aparaha. So essentially, we are all that God itself. I say God itself, because I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> Saying God himself, and the herself will be on <laughs> Literally, Tat Thomasi. Hindu saints and sages knew this problem long before. That's why they comfortably said that. Thou art that. Because it's neutral. So we are all made of that. But to experience that, we have to take the help of mind. And the mind should be tranquil. Yoga, yoga scriptures like Patanjali Radha Yoga, Bhagavad Gita, they all say the same. Patanjali Yoga Sutra begins with this sloka, sutra. It says, Yoga Chitta Vritti Nirodha. The mind is free from any disturbance, then you are a yogi. You have attained the yogic state. It is in that state you are able to see yourself. Tata, Drashtavu, Swarupe, Vastana. It's almost like seeing yourself in a clean mirror. If the mirror is disturbed, you cannot see yourself clean. So to see your face clean, you have to have a clean mirror. The same way as the pure self if you ever want to see yourself, you have to have a clean mirror, which is the mind. Suttamana nenjire tulangikinda jyotiye. Thiruvalluvar says, Manatthukkal masalanadal anithyaram. That's all. Don't have to do anything. Whatever you do, see that mind is clean. Samatvam yoga utsyate. 
purity of heart. I am trying to give some examples here and there because all the religions say the same thing. As one of the Beatitudes, instead that blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Bible did not say, blessed are those who built 10,000 churches or printed one million Bible or burned hundred candles every Sunday. No. Any rich person can do it. The needed qualification is purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Which means, blessed are those who keep their mind tranquil undisturbed, they shall see God. Or to make it a little more clear, they shall see themselves as God. It is at that point, say, ah, come Brahmasi, I am the Tanya. So essentially, all our practices have the same aim. Keep the mind calm and safe. In our daily life, we should see. Sometimes people ask, how can I keep my mind calm? In this turmoil, there are so many things happening around the world. Is it that simple? The answer is, you don't have to keep your mind calm. Leave it alone. Do not disturb it. How can I get peace? You don't have to get peace. Don't disturb it. Because peace is not something you have to get it from outside. It is there already. We disturb it and we say, Oh, I lost my peace. It's always all the positive things are always with us. Take for example physical ease. Physically we are always at ease. Many time if we do something wrong and disturb the ease, we call ourselves diseased. It's not <laughs> What is disease? You say he is diseased. You are saying, sir, he has disturbed his ease. He had ease before, he disturbed it. Then the question is, how? What did he do to disturb ease? Oh, he ate quite a lot, or he ate the wrong food, or he overstrained himself, he drained all his prana. So, what is our true nature? Ease or disease? By nature we are at ease, and if you maintain it, we are always easy. Every time we disturb it, we are diseased. The same way by nature the mind is peaceful. So the criteria here is, how can we stay peaceful? How to stay away from disturbing the peace? There you eternal life. What disturbed my peace? 
how can we say, oh, yesterday, whole day I was all peaceful. Just this morning, since this morning, I'm awfully depressed. Why? Oh, you know that fellow, so-and-so, he prom promised me to lend me thousand rupees, thousand dollars. But this morning he calls me and says he can't. So I'm depressed. So who is the cause for your depression? That fellow. It's easy to say that fellow as if you didn't do anything for that. All right, he said it, but you are the one who made an appointment of that. He said it, he couldn't, but you insisted on it. You wanted that to happen, you expected him to give the money. So it is your expectation. When did not come through, you are depressed. So in a way, you made an appointment and in your appointment got disturbed, so you call it as your disappointment. So my slogan is, don't make appointment, you will never have disappointment. <laughs> Right, very nice. That's what the disturbing is our business. It's not that fellow. No, you look, say somebody, oh, that Ramasamy set you up with It's easy to point one finger at him, but you forget that at the same time three fingers are pointing at you. Huh? When you point at one finger, three fingers are pointing at you. He might have given you some room, but you are the one who got disappointed, not he. Ask Mr. Ram Swamiji, did he get disappointed? Oh no, I told him if possible I will give him, now I couldn't make it, I said no. He didn't disappoint. You, because you made the appointment, he immediately said he has to give. Then he did not give. It is the same way for all our worries, anxieties, fears, whatever it is, if you are careful and if you are kind enough to look within and say, did I do anything wrong to put me in this situation, you will always find the answer, yes, you are the cause for that, nobody else. Don't blame anybody else. But our nature is that we always want to put the blame on somebody for anything and everything. I've seen girls when they sew, something happened and then they come with a small bleeding and say, what happened? Oh, the needle pricked me. The needle pricked her. She was just sitting comfortably, the needle all of a sudden came from somewhere. <laughs> When you walk, you don't see the road, you look all around and you hit a stone and the toe bleeds. If somebody asks me what happened, oh, the stone hit me. <laughs> huh? Did the stone hit you or you hit the stone? Huh? That is our human nature. 
we always want to find an scapegoat, a blame on somebody. Unfortunately, even the Western psychology tend to be like that. If a fellow is acting a little crazy, you'll say, oh, that's his mom, that's his daddy's. They tried to find eh, a mistake. Father's sin fell on the child. When he was a young boy, the father did something, so it has become a fixation. Our scriptures clearly say, you are the past. Bhagavad Gita beautifully said, you are your own friend, you are your own enemy. Don't blame the world. Sirvi Kalyan Sundarnar once beautifully said this, Ulagam Pulla Dhingindrar Ulame Pulla People say the world is bad, but when I really quiet within, I found out that it's my mind that's bad. The world is completely neutral. It's not even interested in bothering you. You are not even that great to come and bother you. <laughs> it's our approach, our relationship with our expectations. We constantly expect things from anything and everything. When you put a plant, plant a plant, you expect immediately the food. When you send your son to the college, you expect him always to pass in the first class. Every minute, expectation, expectation. You get married, you expect a lot from her. And she expects a lot from you. So they both begin to do business. And that is what Gita teaches. I say, please forget this expectation. You do what you can. Don't look for the fruit. In our life, for everything we are looking for the fruit. Without benefit, we will never want to do it. Unfortunately, that is the situation only with human beings. No other species in life does that. No other species. Ask anything. Even a lamp, even a candle. You say, why are you burning? Don't you see that you are melting and dying minute by minute? The candle would say, well, I'm made for that. I'm happy. <coughs> to die will give you light. It's a joy. Ask a tree. How many fruits you gave this season? Suppose the tree said, oh, I got 500 fruits. Ah, is that so? How many fruits did you eat? How's the tree? The tree will look. What do you mean by that? Do you think I'm a human being to do that? <laughs> How can I eat my own fruit? That's the job of human beings. They eat their own fruit. Fruit na palandani. They work so hard, every month they get palam, some palam. And all the palam they want to eat, they don't want to share with anybody. On the other hand, I bring 
all the padam and give it to me. I don't eat even one fruit for myself. So suppose you are, look at somebody and say, hey, maram, marambol likriyana, arki kevran darima, marathu kevran. You brought down the tree to the level of human beings. Tree serves always. He never expected anything in return. Everything in nature, rain, did it ask for anything in return? Sun, wind, the entire nature is there only to serve. It says, I am doing my job. I have been created for this purpose, I am serving that. I don't expect anything in return. The only species in the whole creation always looks for some fruit is the human being. And that is the reason why only we have Bhagavad Gita's and Bibles and Upanishads. They don't need it. Tell the Christians, when God told Adam not to eat the fruit, the tree overhead. <laughs> That's why even today the tree doesn't eat its fruit, but Adam ate it. Hmm? That's exactly Bhagavad Gita teachings. When God told Adam not to eat the fruit, He gave the same Gita teaching, don't eat the fruit of your life. Lead a selfless life. So in short, if I could say one major reason for all the mental problems, all our depressions, worries, anxieties and what not, is our selfish life. The minute man becomes selfless, he will never complain of anxieties or worries or depressions. Tanakyana vala virakuliyala. Don't live for your sake, live for others' sake. Because that is the reason why you are sent here. And you have been given all the facilities. Dhanu, karana, bhuvana, bhuvam. All these things were given to you. You have given a body, you are given intelligence, you are given money, you are given everything because we didn't bring anything with us. Is there anybody who brought anything with when they came? Not even the body, no? Even the body we did not bring. When we came into the mother's womb, we just came in as an energy, it's a small piece of energy. It is the mother who made us the body. She ate all the phosphorus, calcium, iron, this, that. Nine months he worked so hard to build a body for us. So this body belongs to the mother. Afterwards, Mother Nature added more to that. That's the reason why towards the end we give back the body to the Mother Nature and go. So even the body is not ours. The intelligence, not ours. They get all these ideas from the cosmic mind. Sometimes the, the universities no, would be giving us 
all this knowledge. He didn't bring anything. It's not aware at all. So when it is given to us, for what? To be used, made it, made useful to the public. Like when you hire a secretary, as soon as the secretary walks in, you give her a room, a table, a revolving desk, a typewriter, a telephone, many other things. Fully equipped office. But nothing belongs to her. She can use it. When she is fired, she can't take anything with her. Same way, we are all hired into this big office, God's office. And towards the end we are literally fired. Hmm? The funeral in the So we can't take anything with us. In between, all right, you can put your label, this is my desk, this is my telephone, this is my typewriter. This is my house, my child, my wife, my husband. You can put the labels but don't mean it. You should know nothing was yours. Just for the convenience you can call it, hey, it's my home. And that is the essential teaching behind everything, every practice. What is the result? Reason. We bring fruits to God. Is it just because God did not have enough to eat? And he is hungry? He will collapse without your bananas? It is symbolic. See, my, the fruit of my entire life is sacrificed. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.